Welcome to the Sport Cody Show, episode 124. We've got heaps to go over tonight. So, Aiden is here as per normal. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good, bro. How are you going? Yeah, good. Pretty muggy here in the north. Ready for another yeah. cyclone to come our way. <laughs> what we need, more rain. Just a bit more rain. Yeah. yeah, just top up all those big puddles that are still sitting in the paddocks. Yeah. Getting nice and overflowing. Summer, you know. Have you, uh, have you had summer? Yeah, yeah. winterless north. Yeah. yeah it's been, man, it's been a crazy summer. Yeah. And now it's right, real muggy as right now. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's been so strange. But anyway, heaps to go on tonight. We're going to cover the last two episodes of The Last of Us, episodes three and four. Enjoyable once again. Um, with the trade deadline, we've got the Kyrie trade, so plenty going on. But first, we've got to talk about a bit of a monumental occasion today. LeBron passing Kareem, all-time points, and regular season edit. So, congrats, LeBron. Well done. Um, 38,319 now he's got. So, and 150 less games in Kareem, too. So, mm-hmm. Massive achievement. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew he was going to break it. But, man, the dude's, you know, he's still, what is he, 38? Yeah, something like that. Into his 40s to break it. Um, Kareem actually broke it around when I was born. Um, I think it was March, end of March. So I was just, I was like two weeks old, I think, when he, when Kareem broke it. Um, Yeah. Booked at, at the current time, so yeah, it took that long nearly 40 years ago, but uh, yeah, well done to LeBron. Um, and of course, any topic about LeBron is ah, some of the stuff there long for the game and celebrated it, and oh, he deserves everything, you know. Sure, it's always the same when LeBron's mentioned, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> get the, the ones, uh, you get the extremists from both sides, so. yeah. Did you did you want LeBron to like have a certain shot or a lot? It's like as long as it wasn't a free throw, away. Eh? Um, yeah, yeah, free throw would have been pretty uh, anticlimactic. I I saw he went with the sky hook. I was hoping he used the sky hook to beat Kareem. That would have been cool. Just as sort of like, tribute. oh yeah, I was gonna say rub it in, but you know, either or. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call it a tribute if he did the yeah. skyhook because no one does in these days. No, which is crazy to me that no one's tried to pick up on it. I mean, other than like Shaq under the hoop dunking, was there a more uns- a more yeah. less, less stoppable shot? I don't think so. Well, no one could block Kareem's skyhook. It's just a seven foot two dude doing that, jumping in with that hook, just. Just no one was stopping it. So yeah. that would have been cool for LeBron to break that out. But little little uh, post up then fade away there at the free throw line to, to swish it in. So yeah, it was cool. Good to see. Uh, it would have been cool for him to do that, look down at the three-point line yeah. <laughs> and then move to the side and do that one. And, I mean, his transition dunks are pretty iconic for LeBron as well. Yeah. But yeah, his shots got better and better over the years too. So it's sort of his his bag now, isn't it? Rather than getting to the hoop, so 
Yeah, well, more, yeah, he's, more of the jump shot. More, he's still, yeah, he still gets to the hoop, but he's he's definitely improved as a shooter. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting in that um, there's LeBron has a reputation of not really being an elite scorer, and people are saying he only broke the record because of how long he's played. Um, JJ Redick actually put out, I thought it was a really good point. LeBron's like fifth all time in points per game for his career as well. He's behind uh, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Aljim Baylor, and one other person. Oh, is it? Hang on, I saw that too. Was it Kobe? Uh, I don't think so. I think Kobe's first season. Oh, it was down. K- no, it was KD. Yes, it was KD. That's who it was. Durant. Yeah. So, you know, you've got, like everyone says, Durant is maybe the best pure scorer of all time. Um, people say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Um, Wilt Chamberlain literally had a 100-point game. And then Algin Baylor may be the most underrated um, scorer of all time. And LeBron's just behind those guys. So it, he's definitely... And I think the no scoring titles might be might lend itself to that, but I you, you can't you know he's twenty seasons into his career and his fifth all time in points per game average. You look at guys like like Vince and I mean I'm not saying Vince is on the bronze level, but like all these guys that played until they were older and only the elite scorers kept their average up. Yeah, I mean you got guys like like Dirk, for example. He's six all yep. time with yep. um I think his average is just over twenty, it's like twenty one. But you know, he had extended like six or seven years where he his point scoring was nowhere near what it was in his prime. Whereas LeBron just consistently since yeah. Tim, been a rookie. Yeah, Tim Duncan's another one. Yeah. Like, fell off as he got older. Yeah. Um, Moses too, Moses Malone, Hakeem, yeah. you know, all yeah. the, Neek, you know, all these sort of guys. Sh- Shaq. Yeah, Shaq. So, yeah, uh, you know, for LeBron to still be scoring as much as he is at his age, he's an elite scorer, and that he narrative is. that he's not uh, needs to go away. I think, too, because he actually stated himself that he is not a... Not a scorer. Well, he, it was a long always, time ago now, though, when he did say he's that. he's always called himself a pass first guy, and he, you know, he said like if I wanted to lead the league in scoring, I could. And I actually remember when he said that a lot of people bullshit. Yeah, which is totally wrong. He, he, yeah, he, he could have. Yeah, he could yeah. have. As long as JJ Brio wasn't guarding him, it was all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, you saw Jordan, remember the season, obviously we can't remember, but there was a season there where he was, he played point guard um, too, and and Jordan took that role up and he was averaging like nearly 10 assists mm. per game. So it was sort of the opposite. Yeah. Jordan, like scoring was first and then, but if he had to become a playmaker and a passer, he mm. could. And I suppose LeBron and many of his teams has been forced to become a scorer too. He hasn't had, I mean, some of the teams he hasn't had talent, some of them. Like the, the his first Cavs run, for example, 
he had to be the prime scorer because there was no one else really and was going to do a bulk of the scoring. He had a lot of role players around him. Went to Miami, still try and then try to become more of a passer, but he ended up having to be the dominant scorer too. Mm. And that made, you know, because of that first season, it didn't really work. And Wade said, no, this is your your team. Yeah. You, you be the dominant force. And it, and it really worked. So um, obviously he just had guys like Kyrie and AD to a certain extent. and But he's always had to have a bulk of the scoring load. So he's never had always become that passing guy. But um, I mean, it was a lot. It was only last year when he was leading the league in assists as well. So yeah, I think did he get an ass, the assist title his first year in LA or last year in Cleveland? He's got an assist title. Yeah, well, well maybe it was it. Maybe it was last year. It was when maybe when Harden because Harden was leading it with the Rockets, and then once he moved on, I mean, you could maybe you could say he's one of the best offensive-minded players. I mean, if you want to take that passing and scoring into consideration. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah, his second season with the Lakers, he led us 10.2 yeah. again. Yeah. There you go. And his scoring average was probably near 32. Wait. Does he have a scoring title? 2007-2008? Well, oh, there you go. There we go. He does have one. 30 points per game. That's that re- year where he really stood up. In the year that they beat beat us in the yeah finals in the playoffs, not the finals in the yeah. playoffs. Oh, there we go. I didn't know he had one. There you go. He's done it. So yeah, yeah he's an elite scorer. Yeah. Also, the people complaining about them like celebrating him, like it's this is literally never going to happen in any of our lifetimes again. So you know, and. Was no one else was going to be watching a game between the shitty Lakers and the shitty, although rebuilding Thunder, on a fucking Wednesday? Like, you know, if this wasn't on the line, no one would have been watching this fucking game. So, you know, like, don't, don't say, oh, we shouldn't have celebrated it. Fuck off. It was at the end of the third quarter too. Yeah, like, who cares, man? So there was a break in play. Yeah, like. And- is, what the NBA does well, they celebrate history, mm. and they don't get it perfect every time. Like picking AD in the top seventy-five. Yeah, for still example. <laughs> but they do acknowledge, like having Kareem there. You know, this is a major achievement. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's taken LeBron twenty years for you know yeah. one of the best point scores of all. Like this is hard work paid off, man. Like. And yep. as you say, this might not be broken. Well, you said it won't be broken. Maybe it will be one one day. But, man, I, I can't see it for a long time. Well, I mean, Luca, if, Luca's got to play 22 seasons, and he might do it. But... I read today that if LeBron doesn't score another point and Cam Thomas scores 40 <laughs> points a game for the next 11 seasons, he will break the record. Cam Thomas, eh? 11 yeah. seasons. Yeah. Well, he's got three in a row, so it's a good start. Yeah, easy. He's got it. He's got it. Believe in him. It's in the bag. Kyrie's gone now. Opened him up on that Nets team. <laughs> yeah. KD, yeah, <clears throat> take the back seat. Um, yeah, so, no, nah, I, I like the NBA. I like Silver was there. and Yeah, it was a bit showy, you know, LA and all the celebs are there and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. They, and, no, 
Yeah. Like, let's be honest, LeBron himself is very overdramatic. He is like, like that foul on, on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he would have said, Oh, I don't care about any of this. No, no, let's let's be honest. He cares. He yeah, cares. Yeah. And he should care. Like I'm not I'm not mocking him for that, but yeah. It was always gonna be dramatic because that is LeBron. Yeah. That's part of his brand. That's how he yeah. how he rolls. Yeah. If it was Tim Duncan, he'd be just like Yeah. <laughs> would have got a little announcement over the PA. Yeah, he would have got a, he would have done a little little thank you clap and then that would have been it. That would have been time. But yeah, it's LeBron, so yeah. It's it's good that they stopped the game and acknowledged it. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But you know, the haters, haters, LeBron haters are gonna Yeah. Gonna slam it. But yeah, well done, LeBron. Um, interesting can you name to me since day day dot 1947 mm. who have been the act that leaders in total points so obviously at the start there's been a few and then a lot of them were lakers after that yeah i wouldn't know who like the first well, i mean maybe mike george mike well uh, mikein's the second so that that there you go oh, yeah. so there's a guy um, for three years before mikein started no nah, i couldn't Held tell you who that is uh, a guy called Joe Fawkes. I would have never got that. <laughs> never heard of him. Philadelphia. Um, oh, yeah. So Mike I'd, and there I'd, you go. I'd want to take a stab at Algin Baylor, but I'm not sure. That was my thought, too, before I looked at mm. the list, but no, because Baylor was oh, a great yeah. scorer. Yeah, like, but, again, like we just mentioned before in the greatest points per game averages. Yeah, you... You there's two more guys and then there's some I mean, more well known guys. I bet you know these two names. So like Wilt Wilt's gotta be up there. Yep. Now there's two guys in between in between Mike and Wilt. You know them, but I don't mm. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that time frame. Like uh, what, Jerry West? No, because he yeah. I think he started around the same time as Wilt Jerry. Yeah, that's that's never that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, Wilt was a better scorer than him. So. Yeah. Um, no. So we're, I, we're talking mid to late sixties before Wilt, Wilt Tate took it over. Uh, Two white guys who were pretty good. Oh fucking! Who's that guy? Um, His son uh, played in the NBA. A good, good role player of the eighties and early nineties. His son. That's a hint. Uh, no, that threw me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. Okay, Dolph, yeah. Dolph Shays. Ah, oh, fuck Shays. Danny Shays, the role. Yeah. Uh, so he was after Mikan, and then there was one season where Bob Petit. Ah, oh, obviously. was St. Louis Hawks. Yeah. Um, and then Wilt took it over and held it until 84 when Kareem took it over. Yeah. So, so yeah, Mikan, Wilt. But Wilt um, became a Laker. So, yeah, Wilt, uh, Mike, and Kareem and LeBron all as Lakers held it. So, that is gross. Yeah. Too many, too many Lakers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even uh, Joe Fuchs, who was a Philadelphia Warrior, like Wilt, too. So, mm. just that one season for, I think, actually. Shays on the Nationals, I think. Syracuse Nationals. Mm-hmm. 
just try I'll go back and have a look actually. I think he was um part of the nationals when he that do 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 I think so. Yeah, uh yeah, Shays was with the national. Mm. And then Wilt took it uh yeah, then Petit in sixty three, sixty-four. Nearly twenty one thousand by then he had. had. Yeah. And Wilt since sixty five took it over till nineteen eighty four. Yeah, so Jordan's never held it, even though he's held points per game record and mm. and season records, but Although I think I calculated if Jordan kept his career scoring average and didn't retire in 92, 93, and also between 98 and 2000, he would have have 42,000 career. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, that's that's just a what if. That's a what if. Yeah. But throw it in there. (laughs) Just to remind us. Yeah, so. I mean, who realistically, to me, I think Luca, like who... Who's who can come in with like just a sniff? Who can come in with a sniff of this? Like get into the thirty thousands. It's pretty tough. There's only Walters mm. is number seven now with thirty one thousand. Yeah. So there's only seven guys in the thirties. Yeah, I think Lu- sniff of that. Luca is like the top choice. It's got to be right. Yeah. I mean, there's other young scorers like, but you just. Yeah, Shea, Tatum. Um, yeah, I mean, Tatum had the most points last season. Yeah. KD's, K, I mean, KD's 12,000 off LeBron. So mm. if, if KD was healthy, he played, you know, he's missed a couple of seasons now. So Yeah, yeah. Health, would have had a shot. health is a big, big thing. I mean, that's why Carl Malone's right up there. You know, he just played every fucking game. Yeah. Um, Shaq in eighth. Carmelo came very close. He's not going to make it though. He's mm. he's one thousand seven hundred and eleven off the thirty thousand. That's not going to happen now, unfortunately for him. Damn man, if he had accepted a bench roll sooner, he might have been <laughs> yeah, able to do it the whole season because of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so let's see how far LeBron can go too. It's not over yet for him. See how far into the forties he can get. I reckon he'll get around 42 or something on picking. Another three seasons to the old Brady. Yeah. I mean, he'll only be 41 in three more seasons. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have played after that. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Not not to this level. No. I mean, Kareem played till he was 41. Um, I'm just thinking guys who played well into their 40s. Vince had a role. Other guys like Parrish and Kevin Willis. Um, there's some other guys in their forties. Matombo. Yeah. Different obviously big men that had a yeah. certain role apart from Vince. Um Malone was another big man who was forty. Jordan, obviously. Shaq was just done by then. Yeah. Um, Moses too, but very, very, very lesser role on the Spurs and Bucks and those in the nineties for Moses. Mm-hmm. He started young, straight out of high school, first class out of high school. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be tough, man. going to be tough, isn't it? You know, to even come with a sniff, but it's got to be Luca, the way he started his career young. Yeah. And scoring-wise, just straight away, just fucking piling up the points. So, 
Yeah, big list in front of him. Um, right, plenty. This this Kyrie trade that's happened. Well, let's talk about that, and then we can get into what we think else is going to happen in this deadline coming up over the next two days. Probably a day when this podcast comes out. We're nearing the end of the deadline. Is it has that like broken the seal? You know, like cracking the dam. Has it is it is it opened up? everything else now that Kyrie's been traded and a whole like flurry of trades is going to happen or is it just maybe this ends up being the biggest trade yeah what do you reckon I hope there's more there's a lot of whispers but there's whispers every year so it's there's a lot of names though is there there's smoke around like good to Role players. Yeah, I mean, Siakam's probably the biggest name that's being talked about at the oh, moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I hear OG and Ananobi again, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna ring up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ring up him and Masai and just tell him, man, just hurry up and get it done, man. So I'm sick yeah. of hearing about it. Trade in the Memphis. Come on, let's hurry up. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. OG Siakam. I mean, Van Vliet, the the Toronto trio. Yeah. Um, those are. Bogdanovich from the Pistons is yeah. just being talked about, but I don't think that's going to happen. Nah. Um, there's, I mean, the the one that I keep seeing mentioned the most is the the three guys from the Jazz. Um, Conley. Clark, Clarkson, Conley, and Vanderbilt in a in a deal to the Lakers. But, yeah, I've seen that. Mm. Conley... And Clarkson will definitely help. I mean, Vanderbilt, would, all three of those guys would help, to be honest. Yeah, Vanderbilt's been been good this year. He's been pretty underrated. Like corner he's, threes, he's, he's hitting corner threes like really efficiently, and the defense is there. Good rebounder. Yeah, good sort of blue big man. You know, definitely would help out AD and be a little bit of insurance there, which you definitely need. Mm. Quite a lot of different player from Bryant too, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Conley, obviously, just at least, at least you got to guard him from three. Like a lot of the, they're the lacking shooting, obviously, and Conley's just that calm head. You can just play his role on that squad. Clarkson, you know, microwave off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, Utah. Do they bust it up like they were supposed to? <laughs> like that was the whole. I mean, I, I I think so. They'll they'll keep marking it because that's been quite the discovery. And um, yeah, I think I, I think trading Vanderbilt's kind of weird, to be honest. Well, Kessler's but, sort of quickly, yeah, yeah, quickly rose up the ranks, didn't he? Yeah, you know, so, like after that Rudy trade, <laughs> now people are saying they wouldn't even trade him straight yeah, up yeah. for Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. terrible. That's looking for the Timberwolves. How about your boy Sexton, man? What's What's going on with him? I'm not too sure, to be honest. What's what's nah. happening with Sexton? What what's the plan? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they extended him, so they obviously like him. But even like right from the get go, like when he seemed like a shoe in to start, they're like, "No, nah, no, nah, you're coming off the bench." And yeah, it hasn't like his minutes have fluctuated. Is it because Clarkson actually has been that good that he sort of that could has, be part of minutes it. taken off him? You got like Beasley too, who's just been shooting lights out from three. Most Conley. from the bench. Um, yeah, THT. Conley. I think in general, I wonder if. So if you look at the Jazz players, their assist numbers are all career highs. Every pretty much every single Jazz player is mm-hmm. averaging a career high in assists, 
And I wonder if maybe Sexton wasn't, you know, catching on to that, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's a very pass-happy offense. Yeah. Um, like, even, look, yeah, Jordan Clarkson averaging four and a half assists a game. Uh, Conley, it, there was a point where he was up near 10. I think he's dropped a little now, though. But, yeah, it's, um, I wonder if maybe that's a part of it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if he's not playing into the team philosophy, it could could mean he's on his way out. But, man, it'll be a good pickup for a team that needs that bench scorer. I think Clarkson sort of clashes with us, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, or maybe maybe that's why they're so eager to move Clarkson so they can, like, let Sexton thrive in that role. Yeah, get something back from him. Yeah, that, makes, that would make sense. Um, yeah, so Utah, obviously Toronto. Where do you think? Do you think it's Siakam or OG? Do you think all of these guys get traded? I I could see I don't think Siakam. What I'm hearing from the, the what Brooklyn are offering Ben Simmons and picks no thanks. Fuck like, that. Yeah yeah like no thanks. <laughs> like Ben Simmons has a horrible contract and Brooklyn like they've got a lot of picks but they're not like super attractive picks. They'll mm. all be like late first rounders, especially if they get Siakam. So it's like yeah no nah, I don't I don't see Toronto biting on that. And I haven't seen any other teams mentioned with Siakam, so I think he stays. But it's OG, isn't it? I think it's it's OG or Van Vliet or Gary Trent. Mm, yeah, think, the thing with Van Vliet is the extension that he declined. Yeah, and he's betting on himself. Yeah, and I just think I don't know about this. Um, mm. I, I'm getting it's not Newlands Noel. Yeah, extent, but. I think it's going to backfire on him. It's not, yeah, it's not like Schroeder or Noel like that egregious, mm. but yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think he's going to get paid as much as what he, obviously every player wants more, but I just don't think he's going to even get what they offered him, to be honest. Like, I like Van Vliet, but mm. he's, he's got he's limitations. Been, yeah, he's been he's been down this year. Um yeah, with Van Vliet, the one I saw, well, it was the the, the Kyrie trade. Um, it was they were trying to extend it to get Van Vliet to Brooklyn for Dinwiddie and and picks. Mm. And I think I think that kind of works. Yeah, for that's, Brooklyn. Yeah, I think I think it improves their defense. I think their defense is actually going to be low key pretty good. Yeah, Finney Smith in there, really yeah. good pickup. You got you got Finney Smith and Royce O'Neal basically. You just have one of them on the whole time, um, just hounding dudes. Uh, you got Claxton, who's been a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. KD, um, who's been really Durant, good. When he Durant has back. been much improved on that end. Uh, and then you add like Van Vliet in there. Um, I mean, Cam Thomas is the end, but you're always going to have weaknesses somewhere. Yeah, like Van Vliet, like Dinwiddie's been pretty bad this year defensively. So if you can, yeah. If you, yeah. If you can swap him out for Van Vliet, I think that helps. And, yeah, I think Dinwiddie has probably been more consistent offensively this year. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's turned into a le- legit corner threat, uh, um, and he's a solid solid playmaker. But I think, yeah, I think he, um, Van Vliet is an upgrade for sure. Yeah. The good the good thing about Dinwiddie, he's got size for a point guard. Yeah. He's like six five. He doesn't get like punished like a Trey Young or someone like that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think advantage Van, of yeah. I think Van Vliet for his size, he plays bigger than he is. Um, oh he, yeah, because he's yeah. he's literally 
I'd say five eleven. Yeah, he's listed as six foot, but that's generous. Yeah, he's short, but he's gritty. He's yeah, good. yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the good thing about the Nets now is like Finney Smith, O'Neill, like those guys can sort of guard down or up. They can, yeah, you know, they can really help. Like Finney Smith, he, like he's one of those guys, and like there's not many of them NBA or who he's gonna give like one to five a shot. Like he can definitely grab two, three, four. And some centers will bully him for sure, but he's at least he will, you know, he's not going to be terrible if you know what I mean. He's like, like he, no one's stopping him beating him or something no. like that. But you know, he's going to give like a, a decent shot against bigger centers, and obviously the off ball, you know, guarding off ball as well. He's yep. really smart. So yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that trade with Kite. Do you, going back to that? I know. You weren't thinking they could get fuck all for Kawhi. That's correct. So I'm guessing you think it's a pretty good haul while they go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn, like, they cleaned up. Um, Not only from, a, um, like, the return, like like we just talked about Dodo as a, as a defensive player, how that helps them. Um, Dinwiddie's a very smart player. Um. The pick could be valuable, potentially, if like mm. if if Luca leaves or whatever, like that's that's going to be a very good pick. Um, and but also the uh, addition by subtraction with Kyrie, like he was playing very well, but the thing with Kyrie is that he always has to be the center of attention. That's he his does. whole. That's his whole thing. You know, there was the the anti-Semitic thing earlier this year. And then he started playing well. He pulled his head in. Brooklyn's winning games. And then, oh, no one's talking about me anymore. <laughs> I demand a trade. And then he's done this press conference where he said he was disrespected by Brooklyn. And, that, and it, nah, man, I'm I'm done with Kyrie. <laughs> I, just, I can't I can't deal with him, man. So, but you know, if people if he does well and people stop talking about him. He's going to pull some other shit out. It's just what he does. Yeah, like, obviously, the on-court talent, the pure scoring mm-hmm. is all there. But it's all the other shit that comes along. Yeah. And, you know, even with the mandate stuff, he actually, I mean, if we go back in hindsight, he might have had a point there with a lot of that stuff. But it's the intention of it. Like, he's just... Uh, it's not because there's other guys who didn't get vaccinated in the league. They didn't make a big scene about it, but he did. Yeah. Um, that's the yeah. thing, and it's always yeah. going to be a scene with him. And yeah, he, he, he needs the attention. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's going to be something. You just know there's going to be something that comes up. You, you you just track it back through all of the teams he's been through, and there's going to be and, something. And like also the fact that Luca himself has said that he is not an easy teammate to get along with. You think Kyrie's going to take, <laughs> like, Luca yelling at him for a blown defensive assignment? Yeah. It's it's going to be a strange machination between them because Luca's so much younger, but obviously the better player. So how, like, you know, like Kyrie on LeBron and he's sort of like, ah, oh, so all on my own team on the nets, he's sort of like, oh yeah, I'm the coach. <laughs> you know, yeah, shit like yeah. This like, like, yeah, yeah. Like they just hired Steve Nash, and he's literally 
undermining him immediately. Yeah. On the management, on the coach, you know, like it's yeah, I, I wouldn't trade him for anyone. It's just too much love the talent, and he can actually defend when he's hundred percent focused on that. He's actually a pretty good defender mm-hmm. if he's if he's focused. Um, that's on ball. Um, he can be. I've seen yep. it. We've seen it. But I just wouldn't. No. But then again, in saying that, the Mavs needed to do something, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It's a they it's did. a low but, floor, high ceiling. I mean, in all honesty, they probably could have kept Jalen Brunson, just paid him, and then kept Dodo and their draft pick and been in the same situation, but maybe with less headaches. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I sort of think with that Jalen Brunson thing, most people have said that they could have kept him, but man, was he was he just already lined up to go to New York and nothing was really going to yeah. stop? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You know, it was old man there and the coaching staff and yeah, the agent thing and yeah, you know. yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, I mean, Dallas probably could have tried a little harder. <laughs> and basically, yeah. like let him walk out the door type. Yeah, I know what you mean on that one. So. But yeah, the Finney Smith, to get back Finney Smith and did when he and picks. Yep. Well done. Markeith playing with Luca too. Does Markeith just get bored out? Luca's like, fuck that guy. I don't want to. Yeah. Make that. <laughs> yeah. No? I, I don't know how that'll that'll work. It'll be like the, the Russ Pat Bev thing. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's my best friend now. And then Pat Bev tries calling him Russ into a huddle and Russ ignores him. <laughs> It'll be like that. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. I don't. I, I'm curious to see what how Dallas goes. Um, Jason Kidd is not the best coach when it comes to offensive creativity. So, like, I don't. I'm I'm curious to see how he handles this. Does Does Corey just play the Din? How Din would he played though? Does he just put Corey into that same role? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. Does Kyrie want to be in a Spencer Dinwiddie role? Well, he's going to have to be because Luka Kyrie, dominates the ball. Yeah, Kyrie wants to be in a Luka role. This is the this is the. There's other not part. enough minutes for, for both of them, yeah. man. If he's going to yeah. be like that, like this is this is the other part is that you know Kyrie was upset that he was second fiddle to LeBron fucking James. <laughs> he just tried the point score record. Yeah, like. He was he was upset at being second to LeBron. Well, he's going to be upset now because yeah, Luke has like, got the highest usage in the fucking league. Yeah, but I think the other thing for Dallas is that do they even re-sign him? Like it's, well, a, it's, it it's risky. A, yeah, it'd be a pretty crazy price for a rental. You know, the apparently LeBron wanted Kyrie and Joe Sy blocked a move to the Lakers. So, you know, Kyrie can sign there in the off season. It's it's a dangerous game by Dallas, and I don't know if Kyrie is enough to get Dallas to that next level, to the championship level. If he's a rental, you only take a rental if they can get you a chip like Kawhi in Toronto. I don't think Kyrie is a Kawhi into type move. Mm. Yeah, I get it. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, they had to do something, and yeah, it's 
I, I like that they've got balls to do something like that, but I mean, yeah, yeah, if there's any making a move, yeah. If there's anyone though that Kyrie has to sort of bow down, is that the right word? Words. Um, yeah, take it. Yeah, take, it, take a step back. Yeah, because Luca is the clear, like he's a clear top three, yeah. four he's player the in the league. So, and Luca don't give a shit. Luca will tell him that. Luca ain't no pushover. Yeah, and that's where the issues could arise. But maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that, maybe they get along like about. a house on fire. Yeah, you never, you know. But, but it's also it's it's not as uh, bad because I think you can be a bit more flexible with with backcourts, especially with guys like Luca. But it it feels the fit feels kind of Gobert and Minnesota-ish to me. Mm. I mean, at least it's, they can play Kyrie when yeah. Lucas actually can get a rest. They can just Kyrie yeah. can run, run their like second it's not, unit. It's not, it's not that bad. That's not what I'm saying. But just, yeah, the, the fit is is weird. It's just a weird fit like that. When, I'm when not, I don't Minis- mind it, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'll see. I, like, I think not, not necessarily the fit. Like Kyrie at shooting guard, sure, that makes sense. It's it's the I guess the play styles of both of them are so similar, so I guess in a way it's not like the minutes after all. But yeah, mm. they're both very ball dominant. You know, is Kyrie willing to take it back? Yeah, they are. I, I think I'm sort of maybe I'm higher on the on the offensively, not defensively, but offensively I'm quite high on it. I think like Kyrie brings a little bit of something different. Um, like he pushes the ball a bit more now, and um, maybe can speed like Luca. They he just dribble like he's really he's closest to Hart when Harden. Everyone was hating on Harden for just mm-hmm. even just dribbling the shit. Luca's the yep. closest that we've seen to that, yeah. Um, play style with that team, and maybe it can open up a few more things too. Um, like and at least. After losing Funny Smith and stuff, like talking to, uh, for example, Chris, who's the big Mavs fan on, on a Kiwi NBA chat, like the emergence of Josh Green and mm. uh, Reggie Borg's actually been playing well. So, yeah, maybe the loss of Funny Smith wasn't as bad because they got a guy like Josh Green who can come in and play now. So, mm. Christian Wood now, what is, but <laughs> that's another. <laughs> There's another thing in this whole team now. Christian Wood is a very volatile type player in the locker room too. Does is he actually the one that's like fucked off at most of us because he's like, or does he become like Kyrie's disciple? Uh, that's the the thing with with Wood. It's been a weird fit with him all season in terms of like kid bringing him off the bench and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I reckon they aggressively try to trade before the deadline. Mm-hmm. And it, it'd be an interesting player on some teams. I, I don't know where exactly, just off the top of my mind. Maybe yeah. like a Miami might be a good one for him. Him and Bam could really work in the front court. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that would that would work. But I don't, yeah, I don't know what, what Miami sends back. Like, is there some sort of like Jeremy Grant deal for Christian Wood? Or, I don't know. But Jeremy Grant's been good for Jer- Jeremy Grant in Dallas would be amazing. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That'd be really good. Mm. Versatile defender. Sort of your third scorer, which is more type of his, his sort of caliber. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Other teams of note, uh, obviously Pistons is just all about Bogdanovich, but I mm. think I think we end up Newlands Noel will probably go. Maybe we can get back some round pick and or some of salary. Yeah. Uh, I think he's expiring. We can put together yes. a few expirings if anyone wants to get off money. So um, I think we're going to have to, someone's going to have to overpay if they want Bogdanovich off us by the sounds of it, which I like. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. no, nah, we're going to keep him. Yeah, you could you could easily trade him in the off season, well, if you need to. So uh, there's yeah. no point selling low. Yeah, we got he's on a good good contract and apparently he wants to stay and play with us. So I'm happy just uh, if someone wants to come and overpay for him, go for it. Mm. Um, so that's about us. Any rumors around Charlotte? Uh, yeah, Rosier's getting some talk. Uh, apparently, Minnesota and the Lakers are interested. Um, if we could get one of the Lakers firsts for Rosier, I would be all over that. Yeah, I'll do that too. Yeah, like yeah, we'll have to take back Russ and we'll probably have to chuck in like Kelly Oubre. But, you know, I, I do that. Yeah. I do that every day. Um, I mean, uh, Oubre's the other one. He wants to stay in Charlotte. But when he was, he's been injured for a bit. But when he was healthy, um, he was playing really well. And then the other name that keeps getting thrown around is Jalen McDaniel. Uh, I mm. would I would prefer if we didn't trade him. Um, I think he's been very, very good. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a guy that you should be keeping on a rebuilding team. Yeah, 100%. How about Haywood? Anyone going to take him? Uh, I, I don't think anyone's taking him. Um, not, I mean, I think he becomes instantly more valuable uh, in the offseason. becomes an expiring contract. Yeah, I mean, he just can't play anymore. That's the trouble. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I didn't like that signing from the start. And he had there was points where he was valuable to us, but yeah, like it's uh, you know, he's not the right player for our current situation. Nah, you you gotta bust it up a bit. I mean, you're doing a good job of that already, so <laughs> sure. might as well keep it going. Have got some other teams that really need to make a move here, like the Clippers. Um, Suns have been talked rumoured about. Even that Chris Paul was rumoured to be yeah. a trade for Kyrie. Yeah, I didn't r- really think there was much. That was strange to me. It was very strange to me. That was that was ridiculous to me. New owner, like it was, it was, it was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and picks. Yeah, for Kyrie. Doesn't make sense, does it? No, not at all. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why that was thrown in there. Maybe the new owner had something to do with it. Or... Well, the new owner's bringing in Isaiah Thomas, so who knows? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I feel for Suns fans, man. Yeah, he's not a good genius. Yeah, yeah. you get get rid of Sava, and then the new guy brings in <laughs> fucking Isaiah Thomas. Who's Bring gonna, back Eddie Carey. He's going to get Jerome James out of retirement. <laughs> Jerome James, yeah. Um, who, who, what are some other, does Miami do anything? Uh, from what I've read, they want to get rid of Lowry. It sounds like everyone's on board for Lowry, um, moving on. Like it changes scenery. Mm, interesting, eh? Because everyone mm. thought he was a really good fit there, including me. I thought, yeah, yeah. And it started off all right, but he went there out of shape. And just, yeah, didn't, you know, didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, um, Lowry to 
Like him on, I think of him on the Lakers or yeah, maybe on the Clippers. Maybe it could be John yeah. Wall thing hasn't really worked. No, and they they want to get rid of John Wall. They're going to buy him out if they can't find a trade for him. Um, I don't know. Timberwolves, you, I've heard. Yeah, I don't know how you make a Miami one, uh, Clippers one work contract wise. I mean, I guess Canard, but Canard. I don't know how much Canard plays, but he's a very good shooter. Oh, when he does play, yeah, yeah. I think he's top of the league again, three point percentage. Yeah, it would have to be like Canard and and Marcus Morris. I think that's the only way to make the money work. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know if the Clippers do that. If I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Sorry, what was the other team you said? Uh, what did I say? Clippers, Miami. I don't think the Pelicans are going to do anything. A lot of people are talking about them going for OG, but um, I actually heard Bill Simmons. I actually agree with Bill Simmons on this. Is so why do you actually need OG when you sort of invested in guys like Herb Jones and Trey Murphy? And that to me is like, well, how how's he really going to fit in? Like Herb Jones has been really good for him, and basically is another version of OG. And you got to fit Zion Ingram and. Yeah, to me, it's like, I don't know how that works. I, I don't think they need OG, so I agree with Bill Simmons on that one. Um, so I don't think the Pelicans do. Maybe yeah, maybe some trades on the like, smaller pieces. The Timberwolves. Yeah, they need to do something. D-Lo's on expiring and playing well. Uh, yeah. They'll do something with D-Lo. Um, yeah, Memphis, man, do, can they... It's, it's the Dylan Brooks thing. Are they getting a bit sick of his shit? Oh, they should be. He's been he's been <laughs> trash this year, man. Yeah, he has. I mean, his and, defense has still been good, but yeah, but like yeah, you know, there's there's other defensive players that won't cause you a headache on offense. That's the thing. You know, he's currently shooting thirty nine percent from the field and thirty one percent from three. So if you were Toronto, would you do? Brooks, Zaire Williams, <clears throat> and two, and two first for OG. I mean, Memphis has yeah. picked up extra picks up their sleeve too here. So that the, yeah, they do. They've got a few. That's why I think that's why a lot of people are getting them to OG. Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm Toronto, I probably do that. If I'm getting two picks for OG, I well, but the thing is, they turned reportedly turned down an offer for three picks. But, I mean, I guess, you know, you're bringing Dylan Brooks back home to Canada as well. and I'd do it if I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably do it too. I, I like Zaire as well. Maybe, maybe you ask for another one of the young guys that you sort of like, maybe was, like a Roddy or Ravia or someone like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think maybe Toronto might push for an Aldama, but I um, I think Memphis likes Aldama too much. But, yeah, I think a Roddy or a Ravia could work. Yeah, and then you think of that lineup, Adams, Triple J, OG, Bane, and Ja. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of Ooh. people, a lot of people to cover for Jarvis. Yeah, basically everyone else is like, I mean, OG doesn't need to worry about anything. He has to worry about it like he does in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Adams and Triple J there. Like he, yeah, like no one's scoring on that lineup. Yeah, so Ja, you just mark the worst guy on the other team, and the rest of you will just, yeah, that's a nasty. I, I like that. Come on, Memphis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should jump on it. Yeah, Chicago's probably the other team I've got to talk about here. Which direct, like, choose a direction. 
Yeah, they uh, they should have blown it up. Like, Vooch has to go, in my yeah. opinion. I, I'd keep Levine. I'd keep Caruso. I, I'd actually try and trade Lonzo, even though his value probably at an all-time low for him. But these injuries are real concerning, man. And if you got Caruso is similar to Lonzo's, well, they're not exactly similar, but they play the same type of role. Yeah. And Caruso you can have for a lot cheaper and not as not as unhealthy. Um, Patty Williams sort of coming back now. So Vooch to me, you just gotta you gotta get a big who can defend. That's it. that's their weakness to me. So I mean getting a maybe they can do like a Vanderbilt deal or something. Get you know. Mm. Yeah. Just another big they need Vooch doesn't work on that team. And I thought, yeah, I'm not a big fan of he. I liked him in Orlando because he had all these other big sort of, you know, Isaac and Gordon guys that actually could defend that sort of bigger wings, you know, big big guys. Mm. And this Vooch could sort of go to work offensively, but it just hasn't worked on the Chicago team. So, no. Yeah. So that's probably my last one there. Um, couple of fully rumoured trades. I don't think they do anything, though. Maybe minor ones. Uh, Knicks, anything you reckon? Uh, nah, I think they sort of just ride what they're, what they're doing at the moment. Maybe a minor one to get rid of Cam Reddish because they're really not keen on him. Not playing him at all. Yeah. You and if the, if the price is only a second-round pin, why hasn't someone jumped on that already? Why haven't you guys jumped on it? I know, like, we've got so many <laughs> second-round picks and, you know, a, a wing defender. Like, that's literally exactly what we need. Yeah. You guys should be doing that, mate. Yeah. I was going to say us, but we've probably got a few more guards. Um, yeah. You? Yeah. As in, yeah, so, I don't know where, where it's going to go. I think the OG thing is the big big trade to go down but sometimes there's always a surprise that comes out of nowhere mm. whoa yeah i i reckon i do i think i think russ might get moved i think they settle on a rust deal san antonio it's gonna have to be san antonio eh, to me or utah yeah unless they want rosier that could be yeah why not man for fuck us yeah we could but i just don't know if we have the salary i don't know if it's worth it but san antonio has some salary they need to need to pay so mm. i was them if i heard anything i'd be trying to get them in on that try and get some assets along with russ for san antonio uh how about the thunder Last thing we could talk about here, Thunder. Do they make some moves, or are they just waiting for Chet next year? And I think I think they waited out. Like I reckon they they. I said a couple of weeks back that they should go all in, but cat. yeah. But I've thought about it now, and why not be bad this season? Try and get a like a, a star in the top of the draft, and then go all in. Yeah, well, they're pretty much doing it now yeah. <laughs> without yeah. Chet and another young guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Like imagine if you added, say, like a like a scoot oh, yeah. to this OKC lineup, <laughs> and, and then they make yeah. a trade for like fucking Cat or Siakam or you know like a star that wants out. 
Siakam on that team would be nasty, man. Yeah. You know, so... And imagine if somehow they get Wimbledon and Yana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, imagine imagine uh, a lineup of, like, Wimby, Chet, Siakam. SGA and Kelly. Yeah, like, that's insanity. Oh, SGA's his smallest dude, like, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Insanity. That would be a fun, fun lineup. All the bloody NBA Twitter nerds will be just drooling over that lineup. They'll be drooling. Right, anything else, NBA, we need to chat with LeBron. We'll talk to Kyrie trade, trade deadline stuff. We just had a yarn about, so all starts just around the corner. Um, so we can get into that then. If Tony was going to be on, we we're going to talk about his Eagles making the Super Bowl. So maybe if they if they win, he'll be on nice and happy. But if they lose, we mm-hmm. might not see him again for a little while. So good luck, Twain, in the Super Bowl. Hope, I actually hope the Eagles win this, but. Not not too fast. I'm not majorly against the Chiefs, but it'll be nice. To, I, lo- I really like Jalen Hurts, so yeah, we can get that done. It'll be cool. I ain't too worried either, to be honest. Sorry, Twain. Yeah. Um, quickly, too, um, before we move over to The Last of Us, shout out to Dylan for um, taking your boy down to see Derek. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was... Um, shout out, Dylan. Yeah, man. Real, real, real cool stuff. Good dude. Yeah, so so the boy got to go and meet Derek. Yeah, one of his favourite players of all time. That's real cool, man. Yeah. Derek would be such a good dude to go and just have a little yarn with it too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Don talked to him. He was, he was very nervous <laughs> uh, from what I what I saw. I, um, my brother-in-law, who was there as well, took a couple of, uh, sent a couple of videos through, and Don was getting all, like, giggly and weird. Yeah, well, it's a pretty big name, you know. Pretty. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty surreal. So that's two NBA players my son has met because he also went to the Stephen Adams camp and it came to Whangarei. Two legends. Big and and he, he scored a layup on Stephen Adams too. I've that's still got right. I've seen, I've seen the video yeah. footage of that, yeah. so that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's get into The Last of Us, man. So no, last podcast would reviewed episodes one and two uh we've watched three and four three now let's talk about episode three um conflicting some a lot some people really didn't like it most of the people i would say loved it um but a few sort of the gamers you know the guys that just die hard about the game didn't like it as much obviously they strayed from the from the actual path in the game so a few things went different even though the characters were the same um yeah it was a story on its own wasn't it it's what do you i suppose there's a particular name for an episode like that but yeah it's well it's been incorrectly referred to as a bottle episode now a bottle episode is an episode where you get side characters, which this was, um, but it's more for uh, budgetary reasons. It's, it's keeping the budget down. You're not having your main stars in there. Um, a lot of sitcoms used to do it, um, but that's not this. This had uh, a purpose to show these two other characters, Bill and uh, Frank. Um, 
I think it's Frank. Is it Frank? Frank, yeah, it's Frank. Yeah, it is Frank. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a purpose to it. It's not, it wasn't a, oh, we don't want to pay Pedro Pascal for a whole extra episode. <laughs> so, whereas he he got paid by the season anyway. So, like, it, it, that argument also doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you would call this particular episode, but it's not a bottle episode. Standalone? Isn't it? maybe or kind of but at, at the same time like their page like joe and, and ellie were still in yeah, it. they were yeah. still in it yeah like just not as much you know i don't know i was... i i, I would like to call it a fleshing out episode because that's literally what they did they fleshed out the world um uh it actually are we spoiling yeah hell yeah we're spoiling because okay so I don't think you can really talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah, yeah. So it literally what Bill and Frank did, and in the letter, it gave Joel the the reason for him to continue to fight for Ally. Like, you know, obviously in the letter Bill was referring to Tess. Yeah. Not knowing Tess was gone, but he took it, he read it and he took that as well, Ally's the one I've got to protect. Yeah. So and they carried up on their journey. Yes. That letter was literally the motivating factor. Yeah, so, and they and they used that story, as you say, to flesh it out. So yeah. it, it got to explain a lot of the other stuff, how things came to be. Because it it was yeah, the story of um Bill and Frank across twenty years. So you got right back as we talked about last time, how how are they gonna use flashbacks and stuff? And they did a Extremely well again in this sense. So yeah, explain fleshing out the world, what it's like. Um but did you like that they strayed off the path of Bill compared to the game in this episode? Um I was I was actually surprised with how they ended it. Um but I didn't hate it at all. Um I thought it was uh, it was it was very well done. Um it did take a couple of cool sequences from the game away but judging by the episode five preview one of those sequences Comes looks in. to be looks ah, to be okay. coming up so that it looks like they've just shuffled a couple of things um but yeah no like if if they change something just to change then i would have been you know like oh well why'd they do that that was dumb but the the change had a real purpose if bill doesn't die there him just saying, "Here's my yeah, shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's my stuff. Look after girl. It doesn't have the same effect, you know. This is a guy who literally killed himself for love, and you know he he protected Frank. That was his whole. That was his life mission. That's what he said. His purpose was to protect Frank, and he said. Yeah. Uh, Joel's purpose should be to predict. Well, he said Tess, but then Joel took it. His purpose is to predict Ellie. Yeah, because I said that in his letter too. I think he said they're similar, even though yeah. he didn't like them at all. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he was, said they're that the was, same. That was actually pretty funny. <laughs> of that. And just the casting of Nick Offerman in that role, man. Just I don't think they could have got a better person to play him. Funnily enough, he was the choice. Uh, the first choice was not a guy I'd heard of, but he had wasn't it the. Out guy that actually played him in the game maybe that's that's who it was yeah and he had to drop out for a scheduling conflict and uh, nick offerman did an interview and he said when i was offered it i'd never heard of the last of us um 
but he played I, Banjo Kazooie was the last yeah, game yeah, he yeah. played. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, but it was yeah. so that he knew uh, Craig Mazin, who's one of the producers of the show, and Craig Mazin wanted someone who could dig a really good hole. Yeah, so that's that's why he did that. that's why Nick Offerman got it. Yeah, so it showed basically Bill with Nick Offerman played his life since the the mushrooms took over the cordyceps. So yeah, yeah. Um, he stashed himself. He's he's a survivalist bunker dude, and yeah, set up a pretty cool setup underneath his mum's house and yeah. uh, in a little town and hid away from the government and um, basically was just running the town for a few years until. Frank stumbles into one of the holes he dug, and uh, yeah, and then they end up being uh, like partners. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, so oh yeah, he's a gay dude, and yeah, sort of. And oh, okay, and um, then the shows yeah, they how yeah, they form their bond and yeah, um, meeting Joel and Tess along the way, and what they did with the town, and develop two characters in just three quarters of an episode. 45 yeah. minutes and it yep. basically summed up the whole like it's sort of like a mini movie in a way and, yeah. and um but done really really well and uh obviously none of you didn't see any of that in the game but it was cool there were some really cool actually scenes in that so um yeah there's a few niggles i'll bring up soon of, of a couple of things but yeah, some really cool, good, really good acting by those two dudes. Yeah, yeah. I'm good trying acting. to think of who Frank was played by. But... Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but also just really well written. Um, yeah. I think I think every episode so far has been incredibly well written, um, which isn't too surprising considering the game was very well written. But mm. even the the bits where they've strayed a bit or the bits where they've chosen to flesh out certain things, I think they've nailed. Yeah. I'm liking the references too. Like yeah. you're finding like um the the gluten of the yeast stuff yeah. and it's coming up, the food stuff of how the cordyceps initially got into people and that's sort of been hinted um you know, like in the first episode with the cookies yeah. and stuff, and now and the the daughter ate pancakes, so there was a lot of people are saying that she might have already been infected anyway. Yeah, so there's things like that. Um, so, yeah, Joel, Joel Joel talking to Ellie about it. Yeah, uh, might and, have come and up. Then, mm. Yeah, and also Joel not liking pancakes and Joel uh, forgetting to buy a cake is probably what stopped him from being infected. Yeah, so that's. All these just little things that have slipped in there, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Linda Ronstadt too. They found on on the cassette tape. Mm. It was a cool one. Um, Linda Ronstadt being, she was like regarded as one of the best female voices back in the seventies. She actually ended up getting throat cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, which was re- pretty tragic. Uh, what's some other cool re- there's, there's quite a few cool references in there. I'm just trying to think of some other ones that they had. Uh, the, yeah, so they like the music and the I like how they're incorporating that. Yeah. Um, which I when when things are done really well like that, I always go back to George Martin and Game of Thrones and the books. Like, mm. man, he would describe food and music. Yeah. Like those little details, man, but just really mm. brought that world to life. Yeah. 
So that, those things are really cool. Saw the development of Ellie starting to come through. Like she's not just a timid girl who needs protecting all the time. And then obviously yep. it's episode four that comes into fruition. But starting, you know, her finding the infected um, dude under in the, in the yeah storeroom there, stabbing it in the head. So, you know, she's capable of that, of violence, which is needed in this world um, to survive. Yeah. So, um, Niggles, I'll go to you first, man. You got any little Niggles or little, mm. little points you want to bring up? I've got a couple. For for episode three, I don't think so. I think I think episode three pretty. I, I do think it's getting a little overhyped. I think people are saying, you know, it's one of the greatest episodes of television ever. Uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. there with it. I thought I thought it was very well done. Yeah, and it served a purpose. It served a very important purpose. And, and the performance was good and the writing was good. It was a very well done episode. But to call it one of the greatest episodes of television ever is, is uh, hyperbolic to the least. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I get it, though, because it, it was a great episode. And mm. maybe we look back on it when the series is over and go, okay, mm. there was there was one of the good ones, and maybe time will tell. Um, oh, there's a couple of things that I, <laughs> which annoyed me. The 10 miles west of Boston, and it's basically in the fucking, <laughs> out in the Rocky Mountains, was, so those little things to me are annoying. Um, you know, ten miles west of Boston. Even me, someone who's never been there, doesn't really. I just know it's not like that. The high cave there's a stream and it's like big pine trees and stuff. It's like, no, nah, it's not like that. Um, so that annoyed me a little. <laughs> annoyed me a little. I'm sort of yeah. Fast when it comes on location, I, I like that to be realistic. Um, even though Lincoln is a real town, just ten miles west of Boston, but like uh, having like this uh, Yellowstone National Park in between there just isn't, and a, mm. lot, a lot of Americans would pick that up pretty easy. The other one was when Frank, they found when he, when Frank fell into the hole, he had no bag, nothing, was just mm. like pretty happy-go-lucky type, <laughs> just like, oh, I've just walked from Baltimore. And like to me, I would have been suspect as of that dude. Like, yeah. Even yeah. though he was, but even though Bill was, but I just like you got nothing. Yeah. And I guess know, some, yeah. he's a feminine type of dude that, you know, he, he would be maybe portrayed as weak, having to survive out there. Um, so someone that could have been picked off. Like where was was he not travelling with anyone? Where were the people that were sort of like, Oh, I just fell into this hole here. Let me in. Like <laughs> there was there's no, you like backpack, like something, you know, you, you got some type of supplies to survive, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so those are two little niggles for me that I, yeah, I think, I think the second one could have been sort of explained away. Like, I guess the, the not having supplies is a bit weird, but the, the bill not really hesitating to, to let him out, like, I think they could have played on his loneliness a bit more. Mm and then, and then that you know he's that desperate for company that he sort of lets his guard down. I think that could have like just been quite an easy fix. Uh, the ten miles west of Boston thing is, it's it's not really defendable. It's pretty bad. It was filmed in like Calgary, and they were passing it off as Boston. Oh yeah, yeah, Calgary is quite different. 
yeah so um yeah but it is it is what it is i like i mean you know yeah you're describing it as niggle i wouldn't that's literally all it is with with shows this good those are the type of things you have to pick that on. you that you pick on yeah like yeah because the rest of the, it's but, outstanding so. yeah 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 uh episode four i did have do we want to talk about the episode first before we go into niggles <laughs> yeah let's talk about the episode first okay um, um oh you go so episode four gets things back on track with joel and ellie um mm-hmm. obviously they get the truck off bill can load up with supplies to get them to find tommy and fireflies and all that sort of thing so keep heading west um developing the relationship between the two was the main thing out of this episode mm-hmm. uh, and you got pr- really I, can't, I suppose yeah I'm sort of getting good I want to go to the Niggles straight away but um, I like the whole first sequence camping in the woods showing you know Joel like being up before Ali could even wake up just showing you know he's out there mm. to protect her mm. Um, no matter what, you know, driving way off the beaten path, like he's like humans are the, out here. You gotta, it's not the infected, it's yeah. humans that you gotta watch for. Which by the end of the episode is like, okay, yeah, he, he's spot on here. Um, obviously something else is coming up, but yeah, so I I liked all that. Um, they in the game they went to Pittsburgh, but they went to mm-hmm. Kansas City, so obviously a lot further west. Already compared to Pittsburgh, um, so a little bit different um, in that sense. Introduction to the new characters. Um, Melanie Linsky came out. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan. I don't know if I like her yet, but that like, I'm willing to change. I don't, I'm not too sure. Um, but the action scenes I've, I really like um, in this. So, yeah, obviously, you know, they get they get ambushed by Melanie Glinsky's crew. Mm. Boys. Yeah, and um, Joel has to get saved by Ellie. And I thought that was quite well done, even though it's a little bit different from the game. But I think they've done it really, this one, really well. And, yeah, developing their bond even further. Um, do you want to? So it's more sort of action. It's not a real big dialogue in this episode, but you guys just mm. got those bits and pieces of once again to help develop the world. Like listening, Hank Williams was the was the music this time. It wasn't really much food stuff. Uh, the coffee. Joel likes his coffee. We found that out. Yeah. Um. And Ali said it smells like shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So as you wouldn't have been around much coffee. Um, mm. Yeah, man. So, what what's your main? What's your good points to come out of this one? Um, I I love I love how they adapt from the game because it's one of my favorite sequences in the game. Um, you know the the guy faking the injury and and Joel being consistent with how he is at the start when they're escaping with his daughter, but yeah. how he doesn't stop for anyone. Don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then uh, it's it's clearly a trap. Um. Yep, he knew. Yeah. Uh, what else I liked is it, it actually felt like the game in that you can hear all the bad guys talking, 
um, mm. but it's the focus stays on Joel. Um, and that that felt like it's straight out of the game to me because that's literally how in it danger, yeah, Bow in danger, yeah. This is what um, it would be like, yeah, yeah. So I I really liked that, um, yeah. And the bit with with Ellie saving Joel and and Joel realizing, you know, shit, I better actually teach her how to how to use use that gun. I can't do everything, you know. I can't always protect her. Um, so yeah, I, I liked all that. Uh, as for Niggles, uh, same thing. Melanie Lynn's character um, didn't do anything. Forced, a little yep. bit forced. Did, yeah. did literally nothing for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think this group of, of bandits really needed a leader or anything, unless they've got some really big plans. Like mm, if, they if seemed that, quite generic, don't they? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like if if that's just their way of introducing uh, Sam and Harry, yeah, then you know it seems kind of pointless. Yeah, because but, they seem to be like Linsky and her, well, the Kansas City, whatever they're called, rebels or militia. Mm. They seem to be like generic baddies out of like a walking dead you know yeah rather like you think early walking dead with some real charismatic villains or leaders like the governor and mm. or negan, ne- negan. start yeah but linsky's character is not that i couldn't even tell you her name yeah is it Vanessa or something i can't remember either. maybe i genuinely remember it's not the governor or yeah. negan it's just like oh yeah like she kills the dead doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. him to get information out of him. And yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't bad enough that you're like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate this person. Mm. But yeah, we'll see how, she, maybe she needs a warm up to the role. Yeah. Like I've still got faith um, in, in the writers to, you know, Maybe they've got more planned than we we realize, but yeah, it was it was pretty underwhelming to start. I like the ending of the final scene of the episode two, how they finally sort of let down the well. Joel finally let down his guard to Ellie by having a laugh at one they of the jokes. Yeah, and then it was sort of predictable in the fact that as soon as they let down their guard, that boom. Yeah, the uh, the. The boy finds him. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was cool because you got to see finally get to see that Joel lets down his guard and and it's opening up. Yeah. So to me, yeah, episode four just really developing their relationship between the two. So, Mm. yeah, good writing once again. Um, it's probably my least favorite episode so far. Four out of the out of the four. Yeah, maybe maybe two for me. Yeah, but um, yeah, well, there hasn't been a bad episode. Nah, it's still yeah, really really good. And obviously, you, you just want to keep on watching it. It's, it's yeah. It, but in saying that, I like that they don't just release the whole season at once. Same. I like I like it. It uh, builds it builds anticipation, uh, and that's something that is missing from the. Not to sound like the old man get off my lawn type thing but oh i'll be know, that old yeah, man get the, off my lawn because yeah, i'm like, fucking all there for yeah. releasing them weekly yeah 
<laughs> I, I think I think the binging, uh, you lose a little bit of the magic. I think I think you do. Yeah, there's some things there's can something. blur into one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's something about the oh, did you see what happened in that episode last night? Type thing. Can't wait for next week. That type of thing. Well, you remember yeah. back in the back in the day. Yeah, it was yeah. like if you if you didn't watch it at that time on that day. Yeah, you didn't bloody see it. You so didn't everybody, see it, yeah. if you really had to watch it because it was that good. Yeah, you had to watch it on a Sunday night at eight thirty or whenever it was, or Monday at nine thirty. Yeah, that was it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. I yeah, I do because then it gives us gives us time, and like we're talking about it now, it gives you time mm. to to soak let, in a bit. Yeah, like you really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I mean, sometimes binging stuff is, is fun. Um. But yeah, like it does, it does melt together. Um, whereas yeah, this one, yeah, you you absorb it a bit more. You let it, you let it, you relish it. It's it's just yeah, I think it's better this way. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, so number five's next on on the card. So yeah, comes out on Saturday to avoid clashing with the Super Bowl. Yeah, so you get to see that a bit early, which yep. is cool. Yep. Um, obviously a few things set up here, so don't Joel and Ali gonna be in a bit of trouble. Well they're gonna, gonna get dictated to, yeah, with a gun pointing at them and also something else emerging under a building that's bubbling up from yep. some forceps. So a couple of things sort of coming into play here, which will be interesting. Um, yeah, looking forward. Yeah, both another two really, really good episodes. Mm, number yeah. four solid and number three really good yeah um it's, oh. it's a pity we just can't see mick offerman again maybe hopefully maybe we get some flashbacks like they did with tessa in that one too um because man he was he was awesome so mm. that's the um, downfall yeah i'm really excited to see how much they stray with sam and henry uh or if they stray at all I mean, obviously, there's got to be a little bit of strain because they've like brought in this whole new bad guy who's after Henry. So there's got to be a bit of change, but I'm I'm curious to see what they do, how they use it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I hope so. Sam and Henry's story in the game is heartbreaking, and I hope they sort of keep that in because people that aren't familiar with the games, it's gonna fuck with their head. Yeah, gotta have that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to stray a little bit, but hopefully they sort of bring it together similar, I think. Yeah. Now, all good, man. Thanks for coming on once again. And um, no doubt we'll recap the next couple of episodes in a couple of weeks' time. Good luck to the Eagles, the Hurts, and Black Twain. Hope you don't shoot yourself watching their game. And let's hope for some big action in there coming up the trade deadline in a couple of days in the NBA. So... It's all on. Sweet. Cheers, man. Over and out. Cool. Peace.